personal and career transition seasons can get really complicated. Welcome to Navigate, everybody. I'm Tim Austin, and this is the podcast designed to take the guesswork out of transition. Whether you have a transition looming in your future or you're trying to make sense out of a past or current transition season, this show is for you. In each episode, we'll introduce strategies and tools that individuals and teams can use to effectively navigate seasons of change. At Navigate, it's all about leveraging the challenges of change for optimal growth. So uh, February has turned out to be a family month here on Navigate. Um, Earlier in the month, I I got to have my wife, Eve Austin, on the show. And today, I am super excited to have my daughter, Adrienne Verheyen, on the show with us. Adrienne was one year old when we went to Central Asia. And as you can imagine, she has worked through a lot of transitions doing life with us overseas for 16 years and then living independently from us as a, as a young adult. And now at 23 years of age, married and living in Southern California with her own family and career. Um, She is a graduate of Vanguard university and has a successful career in the world of startups and digital marketing. And she is a wife and the mother of one uh, a beautiful grandson, my grandson, his name is Valor. So in this conversation, we'll be talking about the importance of clarifying and staying true to personal beliefs and values through transition seasons. So let's dive into my conversation with my daughter, Adrienne Verheyen. Welcome, Adrienne, to Navigate Podcast. Thank you. Super excited to be here. And um, this is my first time doing podcasts on any level. So um, bear with me if I, you know, come with little to no experience. (laughs) Well, I am so glad and so excited to have you um, on the show. Um, You know, when I started brainstorming about um, how we could kick this podcast off, yeah, you just rose to the top of the list. Um, who else, how, you know, especially people you've done transition with for such so many years, um, doing life together and navigating a lot of transition seasons together. And um, yeah, so you're at the top of my list. So I'm really excited to have you, you have you with me today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. When we started talking about doing this podcast around the theme of core values, I got really, really excited because I've personally, there's been seasons when I've worked on value clarifying exercises. Um, Even in the season I'm in right now, I'm working with the life coach to clarify personal beliefs and values. And I find this is a thing that I um, continually am drawn to or go back to during transition seasons, Um, even though it's been... um, almost three years since we made our big transition back um, from overseas to back to the U.S. So um, it's very near and dear to my heart to talk about core values and what we believe and what we're passionate about and how that helps um, steer us and guide us through transition seasons. So I'm wondering, um, I know, okay, so you have uh, obviously a very unique story uh, a unique history and set of experiences. So 
you know, and so from a big picture perspective, how would you say life overseas and navigating various transitions um, in your growing up years and into your young adult years, how, how would you say that life prepared and equipped you in this area of navigating transitions? I mean, I would say it's been everything. Like most people that know me, um, if you were to ask them like three words to describe me on on any level, like the number one word that people would normally say, or at least the theme of what people would say is, oh, you're so adaptable and um, you deal with change really well. And so, you know, that can be a good or a bad compliment, I guess. I mean, I've had to look at it in a, in a more positive light, I think. Um, but um, from growing up overseas, like the biggest area in which it's helped me to navigate transition is probably in the area of like relationships um, and then um, adaptability. So, so really, I guess we can start with what transition looked like for me, like as a, younger kid I don't think I really understood like Mm -hmm. that things were changing as quickly as they were so I was more removed from it it felt just like normal life but then Mm -hmm. I started as soon as I started realizing uh, as soon as I started getting older um, into middle school and high school I was really aware of the change that was happening around me I think mostly because I myself like was going through a lot of change physically Mm -hmm. um, emotionally mentally. And so I was hyper aware of um, anything that felt like it was like rocking my world. And, you know, mm. as a teenager, anyway, they're so sort of like self, self-absorbed in a sense um, and unable to really see big picture often. So I was hyper aware of changes um, on a constant basis. But um, I mean, I would say that the, abundance of transition is what has prepared me Mm. for navigating transition. So if you look at high school, I went to a different school every year in a different town for four years. And then if you look at college, um, I mean, college in itself is a transition for four years straight, Mm. even if you are going to the same school. And then I graduated college. I got married. Um, six months to six or eight months afterwards, three months after I got married, I got pregnant. Um, eight months into my pregnancy, I started a new career. And since I've been married, we've moved three times. So it's a theme. Um, mm. but I also think that, um, I also think that it being a theme has, prepared me for different types of transition um, because not every transition looks the same. So if anything, I've been able to almost stop transition ahead of time and then sort of set my expectations accordingly for what I want that season to look like. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's the, the area of expectations comes in. Um, you know, let's go back to the, um, when you were talking about transitioning as a, as a kid, as a teenager, and then, you know, and a lot of the life that you lived overseas was in the context of friendships and other p- kids, um, peers, 
your age that were also used to transition. They were what we would call third culture kids, um, kids that um, have, you know, lived in, and um, transitioned into various cultures. They're not living in their home culture. And then you come back to the States, for example, and you see kids that have like lived in the same house all their lives, grown up in the same neighborhood all their lives, gone to the same school all their lives. What were your initial impressions or thoughts about that? And maybe how has that, at, at that time, how did that, how, what did you think about it? And how has your thinking maybe changed about the contrast between how you you know, how you grew up, how you've lived um, in terms of navigating transitions and how um, a lot of a lot of people haven't. Yeah, so I was very shocked when I came to the States and realized that most of my new friends had friends in their lives who they've known since kindergarten or before and who've remained like constant and of un- changing factor in their lives so even my husband I mean went to school um the same school until eighth grade and then the same school until 12th grade which was very normal here Mm. um and that even in in its own right like shocked me and our best friends are some of his best friends from kindergarten or before so that was like that blew my mind and I just didn't really understand how someone could be how, how someone could be around for that long yeah. you know yeah um, and I, I would be like <laughs> and my normal was not so much that um it was more of having friends for like a year and then people move and you reestablish new friendships and I think because of that pattern over and over again, I held relationships very loosely in my life. Mm. Um, And I, I wouldn't let myself feel safe in relationships. So I wouldn't really give myself permission to hold on to something too tightly because I thought it could just be like ripped away. Um, Whether that was physical places or friendships or, even commitment in my life, um, holding tightly to things was not something that I ever gave myself permission to do until mm-hmm. probably really recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that definitely um, had, had an influence or an impact the way you, the way you saw, you know, life lived out here. Um, and the majority of how the majority of people kind of, what we would say, quote unquote, live normal lives, you know, Um, yet, yet there's a richness to um, the life you lived. And there's also, there's also um, a degree, some people don't understand this. um, And only those who really have lived, um, uh, have moved around a lot or done a lot of transition or have uh, like many of our listeners live and work overseas. Um, there can be, there should be, and there can be a degree of consistency and stability, even in a lifestyle, uh, a, a life calling, a life choice like that. Can you tell me what, 
what were some things that were helpful for you to provide stability and consistency, um, even though, you know, as a third culture kid, you grow, grow up in, in a context that is constantly evolving and changing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, there's a couple things that come to mind. I think routines and rituals is sort of one category. Mm. Um, and then hobbies and values and things we spend our time doing is like another category. I guess they're all routines and rituals in a way, mm. but um, a routine and ritual that made my life constant and even in times of transition was family dinners. And we always sat down at the table as a family for dinner, pretty much regardless of our schedules, regardless of what we were eating. If it was takeout, we would probably still sit down and eat together as a family. I mean, it was, it was just something that was very normal to us and something that we could count on every night. Mm. Um, that's one thing that comes to mind. Um, I think, uh, hobbies that I loved and could really bring with me anywhere into any season of life. Um, art and reading were two that I just vividly remember being like feeling so safe mm. um, doing mm. growing up. And so I read a lot um, and you and mom really facilitated those hobbies for me in a way because I think you knew how important they were for me. So you allowed me to take um, art lessons. You bought art supplies. You created spaces in our home where those hobbies could be like loved. I remember that in my room I had like a reading nook. And so I created like almost this really cozy little corner in my room that I had bookshelves full of all my books. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that was a safe place for me, you know? And, um, so I think that like from a parent perspective now, like I really want to be able to create those routines and rituals and really know like my son and then my future kids and what they love, what feels safe to them and then create a place where they can engage with those routines and rituals, no matter the season of their life no matter what type of transition we're going through as a family mm. um, and enabling them to like partake in the things that they enjoy um, is that was the constant piece in my life. Mm. That's good. I love that. And so what I hear you saying is that you can embrace, um, you can embrace a, a, cross-cultural life, an overseas life, uh, a life that is somewhat <laughs> nomadic and, and changing, um, and still have a degree of, of consistency and stability over um, within, you know, like you said, the routines and rhythms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. Mm. It's really about knowing yourself and then knowing what's important to you and not being willing to give those things up, even in seasons of transition. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so 
you know, and that goes, you know, some people would say core values and personal, you know, personal beliefs and core values are kind of hardwired into us and, and really can't change or don't change. And so why pay attention to them? Um, let alone make adjustments along the way while navigating transition. You know, how, how, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to go usually in times of transition or change are parts, are core values that keep us healthy as individuals. So when we're going through change, it's really easy to get rid of um, our daily routine, mm-hmm. um, any like self-care, any um, friendships that just sort of feel like a burden in the moment. It's really easy to, to mm-hmm. kind of just shed those extra pieces because we don't feel immediate repercussions from giving them up. Mm-hmm. But the long-term effects of neglecting those core values are, is really like detrimental to us like as a whole person. So I think it's so easy to just put those aside because we're like, okay, we can come back to those when we're done with the season of change. Mm. But I think we forget who we are in a season of change so easily that if we give up things that are really important to us, then that season becomes so much harder than it could have been. Mm. I, I, you know, I'm thinking about what you just said. We forget who we are. Um, in seasons of change, um, what would you say to to someone, maybe a another TCK who is um, maybe struggling with that identity piece, that identity issue? They've made a big transition. Maybe they've come back for college, back to their home country, or um, boarding school, or yeah, just that whole. Um, identity kind of forgetting where we are piece what would you say what would be some tips or thoughts you might share um in a conversation with someone like that yeah well i'm i i'm a really practical person so this might feel like this might err on the side of too practical of advice i maybe but an exercise that i recently did was go through um a list of five to 10 people whose opinions of me matter the most to me. Mm. So really narrowing it down from what may initially start out to be like 20 or 30 people, narrowing it down to five to 10 of the people whose opinions about me matter the most to me. And then asking them for truth. Being like, Hey, can you please tell me like one thing that you know is true about me? And the the truth that I got from those individuals who know me, love me and care about me. Um, I wrote those down on a list and then I just stuck it on my mirror and I, it's something I saw every single morning. So you can find depending on like, you know, how self-aware you are. I think there are moments when we can personally remember truths about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you are capable, you're strong, you um, are adaptable, mm-hmm. you are trustworthy. I think that sometimes we're able to pull those out, but I don't think in seasons of change, it's easy to remember truth. Mm-hmm. It's more easy to remember like lies, like 
you are alone, you are mm. untrustworthy, like fill in the blank. Like it's so much easier to remember those negative things about ourselves. So having that list of truths that people believe about me was um, so it helped me just center on um, what mattered the most so that I wouldn't forget who I was. Right. And then also just being okay with like not doing everything. Hmm. So this might, this might lead into sort of our next topic of mm-hmm. um, next topic, but like in season of change, I always thought that I had to be just as high caliber as I was in seasons of stability. Mm. And I think that um, I kept disappointing myself. I was like, why can't I live up to my expectations of myself? Um, and so in narrowing down those truths about who I was, then I realized that I actually needed to also narrow down the things that I was putting my time into. So that my values and my time like aligned and that way I was able to have realistic expectations of what I was actually capable of during that season of change. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear you saying a couple things um, to kind of ground yourself in seasons of transition, um, kind of remembering who you are getting input and feedback from other people, important people around you, um, just to set that up as a reminder that, that that's kind of who I am during, during this season. Um, it hasn't changed. Um, it may mm-hmm. be in flux and it may look different. And it's a, it's a real, those kinds of reminders are a real um, value to us during transition seasons when we're potentially tempted to believe um, other things, lies um, that aren't true um, about ourselves. And then there's that whole area of, of um, expectations of what we can actually accomplish and do. And I know this has been a big one for me and a lot of people that I coach through transitions is I was able to do this kind of on a, even on a productivity level, I was able to accomplish this much in that season, but now in this transition season, I feel purposeless. I feel like I can't, uh, you know, I used to be able to check off eight out of 10 things on my list. Now I can only check off one or two, Um, you know, so there's that whole being realistic about what you can accomplish too. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that's really hard for me, just the way I'm wired to um, take a step back and be okay with accomplishing less on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I got to a point where I realized in times of change and trans- transition, I was so focused on staying just as productive and finding just as much much purpose in the things that I was doing um, that I actually neglected relationships, neglected other things that were important to me as a whole person because I was so intent on just staying high caliber. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then things suffer after that, like your health suffers, your sleep suffers, your diet suffers, like, and then pretty soon you realize that you've been compromising on a lot of things that were really important to you in efforts to just stay productive. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that I had to give myself permission to put things aside. And practically that looked like in certain times pruning myself of certain commitments. Mm. Um, and those are hard to like let go of because it feels like you're letting people down at times. Um, but just being really clear with myself, writing everything down that I, that I'm committed to on a weekly basis. And then looking at it and really evaluating, is this realistic for the next season of change? Like mm-hmm. I'm, go- I'm going to be, for example, we just went through a really big move. So three months of living at my in-laws house, and I was out of my element. I didn't have as much time for certain mm-hmm. things, have my space for certain things. And so I had to look at my commitments and I had to back out of a couple things because I just physically couldn't measure up mm. and do it all. Um, so evaluating that on the front end was way more courteous and kind to the people that were involved in those commitments than if I had tried to stick to them and then halfway through burnt out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being upfront about what's realistic is so much more um, helpful to the people in your life Mm -hmm. than just trying to stick it through and like kind of white knuckling it and then failing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to just plow through transition without um, pausing, you know, and this is what I always go back to in my own personal transition seasons is, um, am I fighting what God wants to do in this season? Because I'm just trying to get to the other side um, as fast as I can without stepping back, reassessing, um, doing all the things we're talking about today, looking at personal values and beliefs, um, uh, what what has to shift, what what can be constant, what can keep what can keep some stability going in my life, and can some consistency. Um, yeah, and so so that kind of goes to this question I had for you: How do you determine what stays and what goes? in transition seasons and maybe when to push the pause button, how, and how do values help you navigate those choices? Yeah. Um, I, I think that writing down our values is so important. And then evaluating that next to your schedule and to your commitment is key to make sure that your values are lining up with where your time is spent. Hmm. Um, and so, you might recognize after you write those things down that there's a huge mismatch that you're spending maybe, maybe family is at the top of your list of values and you're spending 80% of your day at work. And that's a mismatch, right? Cause work is at the top of your time spent, but family is at the top of your values. So it's not all the time that we can make it perfect match all along the line, but 
there's ways I think to at least align it a bit better. Mm. Um, and so in determining what stays and what goes and when to push the pause button, I think that you have to just look at your values and realize which, which of those you're not willing to compromise on at all. There are some mm. values that times and that are at the low end of the list that are okay to compromise on and in the interest of just focusing and recentering. Um, and so summarizing your values, hopefully into like two to three will help you be able to align your time spent more closely with what you care about. Um, and then in, in like, there are times when I've had to put certain relationships on pause, um, during times of transition. And like I said, having those conversations up front, it has been so much more helpful than trying to white knuckle myself through a relationship and then failing halfway through. And so, um, for example, I have a group of close girlfriends, um, and we historically had met every Tuesday morning for a Bible study. Um, and there was a season in my life where that was just logistically, physically not possible. I just couldn't make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so I had conversations with each of them and just said, I'm going into a season of a lot of change and I'm not really able to stick to this commitment. Um, And I'm not saying it's forever. And this is really hard for me to do. So please hear me in that, but I'm I'm not going to be able to make it for the next three months. And then I'm going to reevaluate. And I hope that you'll understand that I still care about you Mm. and I still value this community. And being clear with them, even though I had to say, okay, this has to go. Right. Being clear with them was so helpful for the relationship on both ends because they knew that I wasn't bailing or deprioritizing. They just knew that I was doing what's best for me and my family at the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having hard conversations instead of just assuming that people knowing that people know what's going on in your life, I was just going to assume that they knew that I was busy then they might've had inappropriate assumptions about, about me or about what I was prioritizing. Um, But it left them with no questions. It left them with grace for me. And then it gave myself permission and sort of a clean conscience too. So I would say in determining what stays, what goes, you just have to be willing to have hard conversations with yourself and with other people in your life. Yeah, it sounds like you were able to do that with your friends in this in this example that you just shared, not set up their expectations for disappointment. You were able to help them to see, okay, this is just a, a temporary thing. I'm pushing the pause button, but I'm going to come back and, and reevaluate. So that doesn't leave them guessing or, you know, making, you know, some kind of assumption that is not true. So you're actually doing a favor to those around you by being able to, Say I value you. That's why I want to, you know, communicate this to you or share this with you um, in this season of my life. So, yeah, super helpful. Thank you. A lot of this is is really about reframing our transition seasons and approaching them in ways that are 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 positive and are purposeful. What would you say would be um, 
your go-to when it comes to reframing and approaching change uh, in a way that is purposeful and positive? So that's a great question. And, and I, um, I can't say I've always approached transition with a positive attitude every single time. Um, but I would say um, it's important to reframe transition as an opportunity to learn something um, that you can apply then to a future transition. So you're sort of like building up your toolbox um, of transition um, tools and you're not going to learn them all at the same time, but every single transition is going to give you another um, like tool for your belt, so to speak. And so being able to collect those along the way so that every single time you approach transition, you have an opportunity to do it better than the time before um, is a way that I think it's important to reframe those, those um, seasons of life. Mm, that's great. And I think that's great to leave our listeners with today. Um, what can you do to glean from the current transition you're in? What, what can you glean and learn from this current transition you're in so that you're adding to your toolbox and taking something purposeful and useful into the next transition season you go into? So you're always building on um, the tools that you've learned. And so, so important to go into a transition season. Um, sometimes we don't always have a lot of time to, to think because they're kind of the forced transitions or the rug pulled out transitions. But even then we can, we can take time to think what just happened here <laughs> and how can I recover, rebound and move forward in a positive way with the tools that I'm learning now. So thank you so much, um, Adrienne, for joining me. It's been so great to have you um, on this podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Dad. It was great, and I'm such a fan of the way that you're reframing um, ways that people can approach transition and change in their lives um, and providing them with practical um, tools for um, hopefully making that experience um, one that is purposeful in their life. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk a little bit about my own experience today. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Adrienne. One of the things I love to do as a coach is to walk my clients through a values clarifying process in transition seasons. You can reframe the transition you're in to something purposeful, powerful, and productive. You can move confidently forward knowing who you are and what you want to become. Book a discovery call with me at EncompassLifeCoaching.com if you're interested to learn more about how life coaching can help you grow through this season of change. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Navigate Podcast. I've been your host, Tim Austin. If this has been helpful for you, would you mind rating the podcast, writing a review, and sharing on social media? And of course, you can always subscribe to the podcast so that you're sure to get in on the next episode. Until next time.